I would like to welcome you to this uh, panel session that is focusing on ship management. Ship management is one of the major activities of the Cyprus Maritime Cluster. More than 5%, if I'm not mistaken, of the global fleet is managed out of Cyprus-based uh, international ship management companies. So this is one of the core activities of the Cyprus Maritime Cluster, a major growth area for the industry overall and for Cyprus. And we are delighted to have with us uh, the major players, the major industry participants uh, in global ship management operating out of Cyprus. I'd like to thank uh, every one of them, uh, Royne, Mark, Alastair, uh, Sunil, and Prabhat for being with us again. And special thanks to Provost Tomatelos of Lloyd's Register, uh, who has been, uh, who is going to be the moderator and who is supporting this event every year. Again, also I'd like to thank uh, all of the participants, Mark, Alasar, Sunil, Royne, and Prabhat for your support and participation. Provosti, the floor is yours. Nicola, thank you very much. Uh, as, as we know, the Shipping Deputy Ministry of Cyprus uh, sets its strategic vision through the acronym C, which is an angle of being sustainable, extrovert, and adaptable. And uh, adaptability has been a significant factor during the last two challenging years when ship managers have been called to manage the unexpected and deal with a combination of pandemic and regulatory new realities. Today, I'm joined by an esteemed panel to discuss how the Cyprus Ship Management Center as you have very correctly pointed out, Nicolas, uh, the largest in Europe and amongst the top three worldwide, is managing the expected and unexpected disruptions while further enhancing its stroke position and what are the needs and the new priorities to focus on the decade ahead. So together with me, I have Mr. Mark O'Neill, who is the president mm -hmm. and CEO of Columbia Ship Management, Mr. Sunil Kapoor, the director of FML Ship Management Limited, Mr. Prabhat Kumarza, the group managing director of MSC Ship Management, Mr. Royne Alguist, the managing director of Tafton Asset Management, and Mr. Alastair Evitt, the managing director of VSIPS Limited. And I thank you all for uh, helping me moderate this uh, very uh, honorable panel. Prabhat, uh, if you allow me to start uh, with you, and uh, I have noticed uh, in your in your plan, in, in, your, in your sustainability report, uh, and that you mentioned the, the phrase, wherever we operate on land or at sea, our people remain our greatest asset. And also, uh, I know that MSC has a foundation with a vision to restore the critical balance between people and nature within a generation. So a lot of people focus. And uh, I, I, many times I say that our industry's public profile is not without its challenges. One of them being, being that something we are invisible to the wider public or only talk to ourselves. So I wonder how do these perceptions affect attracting new talent, recruitment and retention? And how could our collective uh, drive to embrace decarbonization and digitalization in the decade ahead promote shipping as an attractive career option for the millennials? Is a manager better placed to increase this positive visibility that we are looking for as compared to individual owners? And I also wonder how does the 
Cyprus Educational and Manpower Framework support this new talent journey? Uh, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Theo. It's, it's really a broad question, but uh, indeed, uh, what you read is right. Uh, MSC is the company which is living off the seas. Uh, even our founder comes from the sea. So we are all dedicated. And, uh, and what you say is right. Uh, today, uh, the shipping image is something that uh, we always come to news when we have an incident like uh, Either the Suez Canal is blocked or, or we have any, say, unfavorable incidents, you know. These incidents are part of any industry. Uh, you know, we cannot always uh, be in the good news. Something happens, but I believe that industry has enough resilience to overcome these problems. So we all have been responsible for, for not really creating a better positive image of the industry, but... When it comes to recruitment, you know, we talk about the seafarers. I believe that uh, one positive aspect of the COVID has been that everybody in the world today knows about the seafarer. Seafarers today are moving the world. If it was not the seafarer, we would have, whole global trade would have come to a complete halt and all the essential supplies, medical supplies and everything was impossible to be moved. So we can see that, you know, I mean, Seafarers have received recognition, have received because of the pandemic. Never in the history, UN General Assembly has made a plea to the member states that you designate the seafarers as the key workers and give them the priority for vaccination. It's, I would say, a pity that only maybe 60 countries till today have done so, but we hope that the others will follow the suit. And we are very proud that we are in the Cyprus and the Cyprus government has been leading the fact that seafarers should be designated as the key workers. Our minister has, is personally lobbying for the vaccination program for the seafarers. So, you know, there is already, I believe, a, a positive image is being built. It is for us to really capture this moment. It is for us to capitalize on this moment, how we can project this positive image to the young generation so they can see that, look, I am going to contribute something to the world. Today, the people are attracted to the company, not because of the salary you earn, and especially for a younger generation, who is basically, you know, I mean, uh, I see my daughter, I mean, she's willing to pay extra to see that uh, the, uh, the, the goods are sourced from the sustainable sources. You know, so this is a new generation. They are willing to pay extra, and same way, they are willing to work for the company who have the sustainability as the main target. If we can show as a shipping that we are sustainable and people have a big contribution to make to the environment, I believe that we will attract a lot of talent. You know, how many people in the world today knows because, you know, we are always for the emission. Shipping is contributing only for two and a half percent emission when it is moving the 90% uh, of the world trade. And in spite, if you take last 10 years, the growth of the world trade has been nearly 30%, and still shipping has reduced emission by 10%. I believe these are a big positive stories that we can pass to the young generation and attract them to the shipping, actually. So it is, you know, really for us, as shipping companies, you know, everybody, owners, manager, has been a unique moment for shipping that everybody is combined in what we want to get from the government for the crew change. And I believe that we all should really capitalize and portray 
and shipping a new image that we can have the new talent coming up because you know we are moving towards a digitalization. We have a lot of new technology coming up. We'll have alternative fuels. Everything is going to be more expensive and the efficiency is going to even become more important than it is today. And again, this we are going to achieve by the people. So investing in the people, developing their professional skills is really going to be the key that we can face together. I don't know. I mean, and we are in a unique position. We are the ship owners, we are the managers. So we would not say that I believe that both ship owners and managers, whether it is the third party managers or owner managers, everybody is in a unique position to address the situation. And I believe the goal is the same. As long as we can increase the talent pool level, everybody is going to benefit. And the Cyprus has been doing quite well. And you know, we're very happy that we are one of the biggest private sponsors of the CMMI that is in the Cyprus. And we hope that in the coming year, we'll see a lot of research innovation coming out of the Cyprus. So it is not going to be only a, a, a big ship management hub, plus also it will bring more research and foundation. Cyprus Shipping Chamber has been uh, doing a promotion adopter ship program to the younger generation in a very, very positive way. So I believe that it should continue more and, and we all should participate in fact, even with a more focus. So I believe that it is for us to change the source image of the shipping among our young generation. Thank you. Thank you, Prabhat. I, I like a lot the, the idea of converting a crisis into a stage where we can show the, the contribution of shipping attractive people. And uh, I think you have mentioned more than six times the word young and young generation, which is, which is the key to, 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 to the penetration and the successful promotion of shipping business. In the yeah, if I, if I can say something, I, I, Mark, agree, yes, of course. With, uh, I agree a lot with the sentiment of what Prabhat is saying, but I, I don't agree, I'm afraid, with a lot of the content. And I think, you know, Prabhat said everybody now knows about seafarers and sympathizes with seafarers. I, I would disagree. I would ask, I would challenge anyone to go to a dinner party or a, a meet in a mm. bar on a Friday night and, and mention the word shipping outside of Cyprus, where obviously shipping is so important, people won't have a clue about shipping. And, and uh, you know, uh, to, to say that, yes, key workers, uh, seafarers have been given key worker status now by a lot of countries and being talked about uh, in the UN. Where in the UN? In some subcommittee. And the UN won't, the, the WHO will only have scant regard to what the IMO is saying. Have a look at what's going on on the MEPC at the moment, where the IMO is not making headway in relation to the uh, arguments advanced. We are not publicizing enough. And we need to, as an industry, uh, when we have excellent videos, such as the BIMCO video that's just been produced, don't publish it to ourselves, publish it to the world. Get the message yeah. out, there, get on breakfast television. Uh, you know, I think Cyprus does a wonderful job, much better job than uh, most countries, but most countries fail miserably in advertising all of the wonderful opportunities which are available to the youngsters in our general shipping and logistics sector. And that's the challenge. You know, each body, whether it's Intercargo, Intermanager, uh, Intertanko, BIMCO, ICS, they all suggest that they speak for the voice of shipping. They should speak together for the voice of shipping and get the message out there to Outside. those in the world that don't know. 
and, and that's the challenge. And, and until yeah. we do that, we will not get the talent into shipping that will um, uh, replace old war horses like myself uh, it, it, for the forthcoming generations. Yeah, exactly. It is the combination of what you both said that we need to be uh, using. So both from one side, as Prab had said, now it's the time that people can feel even more the importance of shipping. And also, as you said, Mark, let's not uh, keep saying this amongst us. We need to go outside, outside. Outside is the key word. And um, on that, I will go to, to Alastair. And Alastair... Sure, I also... maybe, maybe I, I should yes. respond to Mark. And why I do agree, but what I said is, this is the opportunity that no government has ever been so discussing the seafarer. And again, it is because the industry is so united today, we can do something together. This is why I say that we need to really capture and capitalize this moment. And I really, it's not necessary that everybody knows the seafarer. We need probably only a few million out of the world of the billion to run the ships. And I do believe that in many countries, where the shipping is considered, this has attracted a lot of attention. Though there have been hardships, but also, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, I mean, in the US and in the UK, we are not going to see the people coming out to the shipping. So that will be a, a mistake, but these people have the influence to shape the policies in the future. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's a, May it's I add something, Theodosi? The word, of course, the word capitalizing, Prabhat, is the, is the key thing, capitalizing, capitalizing externally. Roine. Yes. On that note, basically, to, uh, to uh, continue to fund this industry that is, you know, shrouded in, in, in veils of secrecy for many, many years, uh, whether for good or for bad, but now there's a lot of attention from the investor community that is looking at shipping as uh, on the investment side, both from a sustainability perspective, but also from an ESG perspective, that the focus is on crew members, the focus is on the people on board, and they want to see action uh, from the owners um, taken to, to improve the situation on board the ships. Uh, you know, in, in our case, I can give an example where the investors are actually saying, deviate the ship to wherever you can, take the off hire and take the time you need to, to make sure that the people on board are, are given the opportunity to sign off the vessel and go back to their families. This is an, a, you know, one example of the requirements from the investors and perhaps in, in the past where you have a lot of um, self-funded capital within shipping, you, know, you have bank financing, of course, but the voices of those investors as well as private investors and private equity influence investors will become a lot more uh, dri driving, uh, driving forces, uh, bigger driving forces in the industry and they will definitely demand these kind of actions. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's a good change, but as Mark said, there's a lot more we can do and there's not enough focus and a lot, not a lot, lot of, not enough dissemination of the information out to the wider world, which is hopefully something that will be a positive coming out of this, um, of, of the situation we have for the last year and a half. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you, Ryan. And it's, uh, it's, it's no surprise that you, uh, that you brought from yourself the element of investment in this uh, discussion. Uh, so we, we will remain on, on people uh, uh, with uh, Alastair going to you and uh, also noting that in, in your company's uh, so-called six strategic pillars, one of them, one of your strategic pillars is investing in talent. And what you say is that you strive to ensure that we have as a company the best people in uh, our industry, both on shore and on sea, in order to provide highest quality service to all our customers. So you again focusing on the people element, 
naturally. And uh, what would be your comments in this uh, discussion on, on attracting new talent from the wider community and the way the, the, Cyp the, Cyp the Cyprus system uh, contributes on that? Theo, thank you very much. And thanks to the or organise at Capital Link for the opportunity to participate. Yeah, I, I think this is a debate that you're a subject that could be the topic of a whole debate. And I, I, I would challenge that the industry is invisible. I would say that the industry is very often visible for all the wrong reasons. Um, Wakasho ever given and the express peril being good examples. And this is an industry where, as uh, Prabhat has said, where actually we deliver 90% of everything. And the, the, the anomaly is that out of that, we deliver almost everything safely and we deliver almost everything on time. And for that reason, it's regrettable that in a number of geographies, the marine industry is not seen by the youngsters as an attractive proposal. The brand maritime does not mean a lot with them. So we as, a, as, a, as an industry have to be a lot better in supporting and edu educating youngsters to understanding what a career in the marine industry is all about. My own example, I mean, I went to see, I did my cadetship, I, I got my master certificate, went to master, I came ashore and have followed a career in ship management. It's been a great career. But nobody told me when I went to see as a 16 year old cadet what the opportunity, what life could be after the, after the scene. And I really applaud what the, the, the Cyprus Deputy Ministry, what the Cyprus Shipping Council have done, because as Prabhat said, they have starting at the, the, the very young generation with um, the Adopt a Ship campaign, but also the Promote a Career in Shipping campaign, the, the Marine Education and Blue Growth campaign. And it's up to all of us to support these campaigns. Now, there's a hindrance as well. And I, I was disgusted last week to read that the first action after the express peril fire was that they arrested the master. There was a master whose ship was not given port of refuge when a container was leaking, that had he been given port of refuge, it would, have been, it would have been discharged and the vessel would have continued trading. So what chance have we to attract youngsters into the industry when they see the first recourse of, of governments is to arrest senior officers or seafarers whenever something goes wrong? Now, we talked about decarbonization and digitalization. Is that going to attract youngsters into the industry? And I'm sorry to say that my, my answer is, I don't think it is. But putting it the other way, if we fail to do it, it is certainly going to drive people away from the industry. So I think we, we can't just rely on decarbonization and digitalization. We've got to look far beyond that, you know, career patterns for life. How do we get people through? Now, you mentioned about V Group, and one of the great successes that we've had over the last years is our graduate trainee program. We actually fast track top quality graduate trainees through all aspects of the group's operation and then fast track them into management roles within the group. It's worked really well. I'm an ex-seafarer. I would love to see all my superintendents, marine superintendents, come from ships. 
but that's not going to happen. We've got to be realistic going forward and say that our human capital, we've got to look beyond the shipping industry for our, our talent going forward. And this is where Cyprus can really assist. Uh, we all operate run ship management companies in Cyprus, I dare say, with a large expatriate workforce that is largely transient. So how can we develop and home grow in Cyprus our own talent pools? It won't happen overnight. Somebody said it'll, it'll take a long time to develop, but it's got to be the challenge that they look at going forward. And I'll close by saying, whose responsibility is this to promote our industry? Well, it's all of ours. It's governments, it's ship owners, it's ship managers, it's classification societies, it's every member of the cluster has responsible for promoting our industry. And as Mark rightly said, the one advantage that we've got in Cyprus is not the 360 days of sunshine, but it's the fact that we can look out our windows every day and see a ship and people in Cyprus know what shipping is about. I hope that answers the question, Theo. Thank you. Alastair, thank, thanks a lot. And uh, indeed, uh, I would say, let, let's go to schools, for example. Let's go to, we need to, to educate uh, the youngsters when they are at school of the importance of, of shipping. And uh, I don't know if uh, digitalization will attract more people, but it does play a role when, for the profile of the shipping industry towards the youngsters to see a modern, uh, a modern industry, not not to have an, an idea of an old ship traveling the oceans. It's to see the the, the modern flavor, the, the advance of technology, uh, and and this is a piece in the puzzle. I don't know how big a piece in this puzzle, but it is a piece in the puzzle together with everything else. I, if I can just support what Alistair said there. Um... Uh, but, but also develop on, on a point. I think um, sustainability and diversity and technology and digitalization and decarbonization are the very sexy bywords and buzzwords that attract the younger generation into the business now because they are so much more attuned to these concepts and rightfully, uh, and feel that they're important in, in, in the workplace in which they want to uh, live and live and thrive. So, you know, I, I do think it's uh, it's massively important. I applaud what 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 uh, Alistair and his company are doing in relation to uh, graduate recruitment and fast track. But you know, we all have to make our companies the, the the environments in which the younger generation want to work and spend their careers. And I think we're all, in, in fairness to all of us, these are all issues that are very much at the top of our uh, priority list, but sustainability and diversity is, 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 these are absolutely core to our businesses going forward and uh, will attract the talent or, or yeah. turn the talent away if we're not, if we don't come up to scratch. Yeah, okay. yeah, very, very correct, Mark. And it's good that you also mentioned diversity because it is something that it's uh, on the top of the heads, on the, on the minds of people a lot. And it's, uh, it's good to see shipping embracing this concept uh, as well. So, um, uh, Roine, I will go to, to you. And uh, I, I noted that uh, Tafton talks about responsible investing and talks about good uh, stewardship of investments. 
and it is a period this week, especially with MEPC meeting and uh, has a meeting in commanding industry attention. And uh, after that, ship owners will have to make indeed important decisions, investment decisions within the next years with regard to technologies, retrofitting, uh, changing design features, etc., etc. Uh, and uh, as a result, compliance with uh, the so famous carbon intensity indicators will also have an impact on the existing fleet to meet the requirements. Again, we're talking about investments and we will have owners and charters uh, been assessing the impacts, measuring what will need to be done and also measuring who should pay for the bill. Uh, so how, how does the whole picture, this whole picture uh, talks to you and uh, what, do you, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, thanks very much, uh, Theo. I mean, I, thanks for highlighting also the, the way that Tufton focuses on, uh, on the principles of responsible investment, investing and investment, and how we are making that um, a key priority of our, of our, uh, of our industry and our, our company. Um, I mean, firstly, the, the, in the upcoming regulations in shipping, as we now see being debated in, and hashed out in the MEPC, is merely a subset of an industrial revolution where capital is being pushed into <laughs> into um, responsible investing, which is obviously driven by the environmental demands and, and the way that uh, we see things developing on the political scene. And uh, you know that based on climate research, et cetera, over the last you know, 20 years. Um, so these solutions that ne are needed uh, are from a technical perspective, they're, they're quite demanding. We're looking at carbon technology to be invested in and, and presented and, and stored and managed on board the vessels. This is yet to be something that is uh, possible to do. Uh, there are a number of uh, opportunities of which we are looking at two or three together with a few um, you know, startups uh, to do that type of, type of technology. But before that, you have uh, the capture of the uh, NOx, uh, NOx gases and other uh, issues in, uh, in, uh, in, in exhausts from vessels that are likely to come before the CO2. Now you don't get paid for capturing the NOx, but obviously there's a longer game here where uh, you know NOx capture uh, together with SOx, which is already solved, I guess, um, at least in the short term, uh, and the CO2 is to follow. So there's technologies that are building up based on these capabilities, which will take time, obviously, to, uh, to, 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 to deliver on. But I think within the next 24 months, we'll have some sustainable solutions uh, on, on site to be invested and installed on, on vessels. I mean, IMO's decisions, they, they guide the industry. And obviously, as we can see now happening within the MEPC 76, we fell a bit short of, uh, of what, the, I guess, the general view in shipping is. Um, so we should be prepared as an industry that uh, these um, guidances and rules from IMO is not the end of the discussion. They're only valid sort of to, to 2026, but the overall sustainability agenda will, escalate, will advance and, and pick up even more speed over the next couple of years. And whatever IMO will decide eventually and whatever the final resolution will be, um, we as companies, uh, and as, you know, if you talk about us specifically, we continue to invest in energy saving technologies on board the ships. You know, the, the far out thing is this carbon capture, but there are many, many other ways to reduce your, uh, reduce your emissions and reduce through reducing your consumption before that. So various types of energy saving devices, you can go from, you know, all the way down to just improving the paint specification you have on the hull during the dry dock 
to installing stators, or you have the ducts, uh, you have various types of things that can improve your efficiency by up to 10%. We as a company have invested in wind technology as well, as you may have seen in, in the press recently, which is obviously a very exciting type of technology. And, and then we're committed to continue that type of investing in, in, our, in our fleet. And I think this is what uh, the investors of the future will demand, uh, as well as what the, the, the rest of the world will demand. We have a huge target as a, as a world to manage the environmental situation. And as a subset, the shipping industry obviously has a lot of capital demands now for the next uh, three to 10 years to, to manage this exposure. Um, on, the, on, so on the commercial impact of, of these regulations, I mean, EEXI is something we have to just comply with, whether we do it with uh, through um, reducing the, uh, many, the engine output or through limitation, or we actually come up with more innovative solutions on the energy saving devices side. It doesn't really matter. Um, commercially, those ships that are not able to perform or end up being uh, uncompetitive due to not being able to maintain the speed uh, that, the, uh, that the market demands, they will be phased out and we'll probably see more than two tiers of, or subsets of the markets going forward, which will create some interesting opportunities as well as problems, of course, for, for, for owners. Um, and, and these developments will ultimately drive, uh, drive people's investment decisions into new types of technologies. This will, and it's already affecting the new building industry where we don't see enough okay. sufficient new building um, as we have seen before, obviously the container industry is an exception where the enormous uh, market situation right now is driving some new buildings and, and also driving a lot of other transactions around it. Who will ultimately end up paying the bill here? Um, this has to be driven by the ship owners um, and obviously in collaboration with the charters. But I think um, we see owners now, progressive owners, um, and also we see some progressive charters taking uh, big steps into doing new buildings uh, with alternative fuels as a standard. Um, and, and that will continue, probably continue, but the general market uh, so far, as far as we can see, they're not really there to support um, investments in ESDs. And there's a lot of discussions uh, with charters where you see uh, a reluctance or a hesitation at this point to fully support um, people who want to invest in, in these type of technologies. As Tufton, we are going ahead and investing in these technologies anyway, uh, because we believe that this is the right thing to do. We believe that positioning our fleet uh, commercially for the next 10 years is, uh, is, is important for, for, our, for our investors, of course, and for ourselves. And um, we believe that the charters will follow uh, as, long, as soon as you see the benefits of being able to offer a ship to the market and to a charter, which has a, a, remove, a reduced uh, carbon footprint. The CII, when it, when it becomes um, a regulation, it will uh, change the dynamics quite dramatically. Many large chartering entities will have to look at the way they charter ships in a much different way than they do today. Uh, as owners, as managers, um, we all have to look at the ships that we own or manage or control in, in whatever way in a, from a portfolio perspective, from a holistic perspective. And we need to understand what we can offer to our commercial counterparts to be able to support them in dealing with the decarbonization journey, which is ultimately here to stay and uh, almost irrespectively what comes out at the IMO MEPC this week, this journey will not, uh, will not uh, stop and it will just pick up pace over the next few years. I hope that um, 
that answers the, the, the questions posed. Thank you. Thank you, Ravi. This uh, answers the question from uh, all perspectives. And uh, if, if I can add one, I would say that this uh, this is really this is somehow related to our previous discussion because this uh, uh, this move for shipping to proceed with technological advancements in the design of the ships is also something that uh, will attract. Uh, talented young designers and people from universities that will see an opportunity to design something new for for shipping. Okay. Um, Sunil, uh, I have uh, I have noticed in the FML uh, mission that you refer strongly to achieving goals while uh, improving continuously. And uh, I was I would like to to ask and go to a discussion. Uh, with respect to what lessons has the industry learned from uh, the COVID situation? What have we learned that will help us improve and continuously be improving? Uh, where do we go after that? And how will the management companies add value to the owners in this continuous improvement through circumstances like the one we have been experienced the last two years? Oh, Sunil, over to you. Maybe you are on mute, Sunil. Just check your microphone. Not, not yet. Nope. I think Sunil, you are still on mute. Well, Sunil, I'll give you uh, one minute to adjust your microphone because we cannot hear you. And I will go to Mark because Co Columbia's quality and efficient commitment also refers to the concept, Mark, of continuous improvement. So, so I jump in, things, so yeah. I jump in to keep the flow. Exactly, um, exactly. Okay. Um, and, uh, and I'm sure Sunil will echo a lot of what I've said. I, I think what changes have we seen um, in the sector Overall, I think there has been a, a cull of uh, those companies that don't come up to scratch. And I think companies that were challenged before COVID for various reasons uh, will have found this whole COVID period and the ongoing uh, COVID period simply um, uh, destructive to their business and, and they won't stay in business. So I, I think companies that were challenged before won't survive and, and wouldn't have survived the, the, the COVID period. I think from a management company point of view, you're now seeing the majority of the companies leaner, meaner, faster, more agile, uh, more adaptive and dynamic in their decision-taking and, and decision-making. Uh, more resilient and far, far more focused on people. And, you know, we, we had um, Prabhat's comments at the beginning about this focus on people. I think all of the companies on this panel and uh, those successful companies in the sector and outside have realized the one thing from this COVID that really, really matters to the people in your organizations. And they've got us through this more than uh, any technology uh, could. I think there's also been a huge support for outsourcing to the manager. 
uh, from the industry. And I think whether you call us third party managers or as what I prefer to call us second party managers because it's closer to the owner, there's been a, a, a huge support. And I think uh, everybody in the sector has seen that the larger managers uh, or the more, more efficient manager, managers, shall I say, have uh, born, born the, the COVID pandemic much better than the smaller operator because they have the resources to uh, invest in the technology, to use that technology to cope with crew rotations and vaccinations and all the technical issues, because they have uh, the resources to look at the, uh, the procurement platforms necessary and achieve the economies of scale. So I think if ship management, third party, second party ship management wasn't compelling before COVID, it is certainly a compelling proposition now. And I think on that note, one of the challenges of intermanager and putting my intermanager hat on now of which uh, some of uh, the panel are members what we're trying to do there is make that compelling story even more compelling and convert 25% of the market which currently engages third party second party managers into 75% and in that line what we've been doing what we've been using this period for is to, and I've got to thank Alistair for, for, for his and his organization's support here, uh, is using this time to uh, look at and create uh, an industry standard because it, unbelievably, the third party management structure sector doesn't have uh, an industry standard as other sectors, other industries do. And until we have that standard, uh, we simply can't go to the, the shipping market, to our clients and say, we do things better or could do things better than you. And here is the very basic minimum that we ascribe to. And I would challenge uh, any company that is not part, any management company in-house or out-house that is not part of Intermanager to please join us and work with us to create this standard for the uh, uh, further improvement of, uh, of the, the third party manager industry. Because you've got to ask yourself, there will come a time when you ask yourselves, why aren't you part of this, uh, this movement where this must be for the, uh, the good of the, the sector? I think one more point where the, the sector has improved massively, and that is human resource management. You know, we're talking more and more about people. And one area, a, a really crucial area in which the shipping sector as a whole lagged behind other sectors was in human resource management. We didn't really know it as a concept. Human resource is a concept in other industry sectors. We talk about personnel departments. We talk about our crewing departments. Yeah. No, we need to talk about human resource management and managing yeah. people's aspirations, managing their careers, managing their, uh, their goals, managing their, uh, their work-life balances, et cetera. Proper human resource management yeah. ashore and on board vessels. And really looking at our people, whether they're crew or whether they're in, uh, uh, in our offices ashore, not as an expense on our profit and loss, but as an asset on our balance sheet. And until we do that, we really won't, we'll, 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 we'll talk the talk, but we won't walk the walk as far as looking after our people are concerned. So I think there are fundamental changes 
COVID has been a real catalyst to bring a lot of these issues to the fore and the good companies amongst us. And I hasten to add all of those uh, on this panel. And there are a lot of, uh, of others uh, that could be uh, joining us here. The good companies amongst us are looking at all of these issues and all of these issues, including diversity and sustainability and all of that. How do we attract the young and how do we uh, go out into the wider world and advertise the, the, the huge benefits that this industry uh, can offer? Uh, those issues are right up there on our priority list. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. And let's see if Sunil now has a live microphone. Thanks, Theo. Can you thank hear you, me? Sunil. Yes, very well. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Theo. Sorry for this interruption. This further to what Mark said, I just want to add, this virus busted a wide spread of myth. And it shows us with crystal clarity that all of us, owners, charters, managers, and everyone, part of the supply chain is in the same boat. It shows us the terrible folly of pretending that we can achieve security and isolation within borders of a nation, class, or religion. Last year, we were in constant competition. We fought for the best flights for our crew or dock spaces in China. Suddenly, there was a realization that the way forward is to pool our resources. To achieve our goal, uh, whether it's sustainability, zero carbon emission, crew welfare, digitalization, even crew vaccination, we all must work together to take the shipping to the next level. Shipping never stopped. Ships continued to sail even when most of the world was under lockdown. There were so many challenges, inspections, repairs, dockings, crew chain supply, or critical spares, very quickly, everyone adapted to the new ways of working in a world full of closed borders and mandatory uh, quarantines. Tasks we thought were impossible to be done without a physical presence were completed with great success and efficiency through technology. In 1993, when I was a surveyor, if I had to do a survey, it would involve a flight a taxi and a tugboat to reach the ship and to confirm just the seawater pump is running. It took a pandemic to change that. Who would have thought that a video clip would do the same job? There is one of the many processes which have changed after this pandemic. Ship managers need to embrace, explore and invest in new technologies as they can potentially bring an operational advantage and that is why last year we have doubled down on our investments in technology. Finally, there is a lot of focus on our seafarers. As everybody said, we are looking at the wellness and, well and mental well-being. We want to pass a very strong message that seafarers are not alone. The need is to provide a 360-degree support system at joining while on board and after disembarkation from the vessel. Vaccination, insurance, monetary relief, availability of doctor and welfare set calls are part of this support system. The pandemic proved once more that large management companies like Fleet are of vital importance to the shipping industry. We work as a pool for our clients to ensure that all of them get the same service and benefits by trusting us. Our influence and connections among the industry is 
what made the ship managers like us being able to provide huge advantage to owners and access to resources that especially small owners cannot have access on their own. In the end, I would like to add that Cyprus government and the ministry handled the pandemic quite well. Shipping companies came under essential services so that the key people can work from office. Vaccination of superintendents were initiated and there were no disruption and no excitement and work continued as normal here on this island. Thanks, over to Theo. Thank you very much, uh, Sunil. And uh, I would like to, to thank you all for this discussion. I'm, I, I'm excited that we have discussed so widely on people, on uh, strategic human resources, on uh, this uh, effect, this side of our business, uh, which is, as we all said, of extremely uh, importance and which coincides with the strategic view of the Cyprus government uh, for educating and for breaking up uh, new talent. Thank you. Uh, take care. Remain safe. Remain strong. Keep uh, the management happy in uh, Cyprus going stronger and stronger. And uh, Nicolas, over to you. Well, I would like to say that, uh, as expected, this has been a terrific panel. Uh, I appreciate very much the diversity of opinions, the, uh, the vigor uh, and insight. So, Thank you very, very much for uh, a very special panel discussion. Thank you, Theodosi, Roy and Mark, Prakat, Alastair, and Sunil. Thank you very, very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Captain Lee. Thank you. Thank you.